Welcome to Simply Syndicated Gaming News. I'm Richard Smith, partner for a woman who constantly loses to him at Mario Kart. <laughs> Get that in at the top of the show. Just thought I'd uh, <laughs> kick that off there. Uh, here's uh, Mike and Emma. They're here as well. Hi, guys. Allison's not, though, is she? No. <laughs> she's, no. That's she's, convenient. She's several rooms away from me. <laughs> <laughs> several soundproof rooms away. I can destroy her at Mario Kart, though. Anyway, so <laughs> we're back with some uh, tech. Uh, no, gaming news. Slight tech news, but very specific. Uh, and gosh, is this true? Beth- Beth- words have gone already. Bethesda is bringing back the Fallout 4 Pip Boy for a limited mm. time. This is one of those things people lost their shit over, wasn't it? I did. Do you do oh, you have one still? I I have one. And I've 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 raised my viewing angle by about thirty five degrees, and I'm looking right at it right now. Right. Quite nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have one. I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, it's the kind of gaming collectible I like. Sort of a thing from the universe made real. And uh, yeah, I quite like mine. Well, didn't the guy introduce it by saying, I know it's like a rubbish piece of shit, but as rubbish pieces of shit go, it's pretty cool. And everyone went, yeah, yeah. it's pretty yeah. cool. Can yeah, I pre exactly. one now? And uh, everyone did. And they mm-hmm. sold them all in a nanosecond. And then when they went to make some more, I believe the story is that like, the factory had thrown the tools away. It was just, we were going to make, like, a, a million of them or however many they made. We didn't expect to sell those. We sold all of them, and now we're a bit fucked because no one on Earth can make them anymore. Uh, all right, I, I didn't hear the The thing that surprised me was uh, the, the original and this version that's being reproduced now is uh, the whole idea of them is you can put your smartphone into them. You can open and put your smartphone into them, and it had a companion app which synced with the game and allowed you to use your phone to use your Pip Boy in game. It was a gimmick, uh, but um, on occasion, know, kind of- I, I found it useful from time to time. I'd run really? it, on, I ran it on my iPad and just had right. that, and had that sort of sat on the arm of the the armchair next to me while I played, and it it, it on occasion came in useful. However, it, you. Yeah. Actually, there's no. The key difference is that when you use the Pit Boy in Fallout Four, it pauses the game. You are in Pit Boy mode. When you're doing it on your iPad, it does no such thing. So if someone's smashing you in and you need that health pack, well, this is the fun thing. I was wondering if uh, I got to thinking, I would love to see someone do a playthrough if they were able to mod the game so that, uh, like, there are mods which turn off VATs and stuff like that, so you have to react in real time. If you could get a version which uh, a, a modern version of the game where you use the Pip Boy and the game doesn't pause while you're using it, and you have to use the, you know, the app version on your phone, uh, I'd love to see someone try and play that in real time because it suddenly removes the ability to pause in the middle of a fight yeah. and uh, stem pack up. It's uh, it, it does make things more difficult to say the least. It but would- then people like the hard mode on Fallout Four, so. I was going to yeah. say, is it, have any of you tried that survival mode? Of, I'm not exactly sure what mode it's called on Fallout 4, yeah, which introduces survival. things yeah. like diseases and stuff like that you can get. Um, I haven't. I've seen several playthroughs, and it does look like it significantly changes the game. It makes the sort of settlement system far more uh, important because there's no fast traveling and things like that. Um, but again, as with sort of all Bethesda 
games, once you reach a certain point, you're powerful enough that mm. the limitations it puts on you don't really matter anymore. But it's uh, so it's really an early to mid game thing. Um, but apparently, uh, you know, people love it, and I do intend on trying it out. I've honestly not even put Fallout Four in the PS4 since that came out as an update, so not tried it yet. I need to get on that, yeah. but my PS4 is busy right now, as I will explain at the end of the show. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, about the Pip Boy thing. Uh, what's interesting to me is I uh, this is not the the first time they've put out a new version of it. Uh, I missed this somehow. I completely missed the news. They put out a version of some point in the last year, yeah. uh, which rather than uh, allowing you to put your smartphone into it, it came with a built-in, uh, basically a small built-in computer and screen, which allowed you to use it as a sort of standalone. Like that. What I've really wanted to do with mine is take an old phone and right. for someone to make an app, which basically looks like a sort of Pip-Boy clock so that it can be sitting on my shelf, you know, and I can look up and use it as a clock. That would be very cool. Which would be very cool. But um, yeah, apparently they did a version which essentially had that built in. Um, and I think it also ran the same app, which allowed you to sync with the game. So uh, this is the version they're putting out now with the game of the year edition is just the same one that, you know, some people liked it. Some people hated it. Yeah, and if if you haven't played Fallout Four, getting the Game of the Year edition is probably the best way to do it at this point. Yeah, I would say, and and do because it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it it is so uh, it consumed my life for you know a solid six months essentially. It was basically all I did was play Same Fallout here. Four. Um, I remember so seeing you tweeting this- at like four in the morning, like just yeah. have to build more things with this machine. Things- <laughs> yeah, it was it literally it, Fallout 4 was the responsible for this sentence going out of my mouth. I'm coming to bed in a minute, darling. I've just got to let this thing make 70 more lunchboxes. <laughs> because it, they one of the updates one of the DLCs for the for the, the um was to build machinery and stuff like that. So you can put contraptions, that's yeah. right. You can put raw materials in and get useful things out and there was a <clears throat> there's an achievement to manufacture a hundred of these things and the cheapest thing to manufacture is lunch boxes. So I thought, well, I'm not going to really use the, this contraption particularly because I was sort of at a point that I had basically done all the end game and was just playing the DLCs as they came out. So literally, it, you know, it was a game that induced me to sit and watch a thing, make a hundred lunch boxes. Um, so how much is this, uh, this thing retailing for because I could be tempted because I didn't get the I sort of decided against the 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 pre-order stuff at the time and I have a, a small measure of regret because it's a, it was a nicer thing than I thought it was if you see what I mean. Well, it's saying ninety nine ninety nine, but that's dollars. Mm, I'm looking right. up on game here, so because usually it's game that would get this. They got they did the original run of them. Uh, yeah. For- yeah, it's not on Amazon. I mean, the Game of the Year edition is thirty nine ninety nine, which is a lot of game for 40 quid. Uh, but yeah. Oh, it's a tremendous amount of game. I mean, in talking about the actual store game, when I was in there the other day, they're selling the, well, not the Game of the Year edition, they're selling it for a tenner now. Even vanilla without all the DLC, I mean, that is a hell of a lot of game for 10 quid. It really is. Yeah. Definitely a must-get for, for this generation. 
I'm very confused. I've loaded up uh, for I've looked up apparently the uh, game or have new versions of the Fallout 4 Pip Boy edition of the original game, not the game of the year for six, for 70 quid. Oh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you can buy. Damn, they must have found some old stock. <laughs> it happens, apparently. Tell people trying to buy a Switch. It apparently just happens. Yeah, apparently it's available on yeah uh, Xbox One and PlayStation Four. Huh. Yeah, speaking of the Switch, would you like to know how much CEX, my local CEX, now has them for? Are they three twenty nine? Three hundred and fifty five pounds. The one in mine, the one in mine was going through by three forty five, so they are still going up. Yeah, but I mean that's a thirty quid increase from the last time I went in the same shop. I thought they would. I thought they had some back in on Amazon. Maybe it was just, yeah, they're gone now. <laughs> uh, just looking all the different. Now there's a Splatoon two edition going for four hundred and twenty five pounds. Lord have mercy. I know, but don't worry, my Switch is still awesome. Oh, so me. everyone, okay. just relax. It's fine. I've got one. Uh, this is a story really I forgot. Amazing. You've just reminded me of a story I forgot to to drop into the, the feed, but uh, no time like the present. Apparently, there's a site that's popped up on uh, the, or a page that's popped up on the Japanese Switch site, which is allowing people to uh, sort of create their own. It's like the Xbox uh, One controller, the custom controller site. <coughs> yeah, it's a bit shitter than the Xbox it's One, a to bit be fair. Shitter. It's, it's a bit shitter, it, but it's still, you know. It is a thing, and basically what it is, you can choose the color of the Joy-Cons that come with your Switch, and you can... From, yeah, from, from the original editions or the Splatoon yeah, edition. And the ARMS one, so there's there's oh. gray, red, blue, green, purple, and yellow, because they put out some yellow ones to go with ARMS. Right. Um, so you can basically choose which one your Switch comes with, if you can get one. Um, that was the thing I thought this isn't this like a little bit of a slap in the face yeah when you, people can't get a normal switch for them to be going oh you, but you can you can make your own from the colors oh really when are we going to be able to get that maybe October I don't know yeah <laughs> well I mean there's a, there's I've seen we're just watching telly as I normally do there's a there's a new advert in this country if uh, to advertise sort of one two switch the game that you know what awesome party game this is to liven up a dull barbecue and I thought you're advertising it, but no one can bloody buy one. <laughs> it's have, so strange. Have Game got any? I'm just trying to figure out. Oh, shit. No, they're, Game are just selling enormous bundles of stuff. So you're looking at spending at least nearly four, yeah, 400 pounds to get a Switch right. from Game. But it, it comes with 400 pounds worth of stuff. You just can't buy one on its own. Um, but what kind of stuff are we talking here? Are we talking like actual decent games? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does it come with a pallet of bricks it, to it, make it up it's, or what? it's not terrible. I mean, the pack with... So you get the Switch, the Pro Controller, a carry case, and uh, Mario Kart and Splatoon 2, 429. Okay. Well, you're probably going to buy that yeah, stuff this anyway. Is, this That's is decent, stuff, yeah. you know, uh, or the grey one with Zelda, the Zelda Season Pass, a Pro Controller, and a portable... Uh, protective case for the switch this is stuff you you'd probably get anyway but yeah it's just i've seen you know i think we've all seen some pretty terrible bundles in the past just a you know awful awful pieces of crap peripherals oh god in. yeah and i have seen some uh some truly terrible 
peripherals for the Switch already. Well, looking at looking at these packs, there's nothing saying they're out of stock or anything. I think I could buy one now. But if you're willing to put out that much, <laughs> yeah. But then, it, like like we say, this is stuff you're going to buy anyway. You've got to buy a game, otherwise, yeah. there's no fucking point. So you get the thing in a game, and yeah, this it's not that bad. It's just <laughs> irritating. You have to do that. I'm now wondering if curries have any. But then this is just me stock checking British stores, which is of no interest to anyone. Um, so what What were we on? Switch. I have noticed another story today about the Switch that I didn't drop in either, about the they're apparently still bending. Um, yeah, that's still a problem because they're still getting hot. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too overly excited about that. I mean, I'm, I actually feel the, the urge to lay mine on a flat surface just to, yeah. I'm good. I'm well, good so far. Well, perhaps they should do these bundles with a spirit level then so you can check it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, consoles yeah. come out, they have things go wrong. It's it's just what happens. Nintendo. I've never, I've never bought a console. My PS4 has never bent, though, Rich. Well, that's true. The original Xbox didn't bend. Christ, I tried sometimes, <laughs> but it did not bend. <laughs> it would not yield. That's the, well, you know, but they're also subject to faults that the switch wouldn't be curry's pc world says no they don't even have it in their system that's true i did i did once attempt to strap a crt to my xbox so i could make it more portable uh it, it didn't work no how would you even no never mind don't let's not dig <laughs> um, <Last> questions <laughs> more game happy gaming news have either of you played the new sonic game sonic mania I was so looking forward to the reviews have been awesome and it's been delayed on PC by two feckin' weeks. <sighs> they announced it just before launch that it would be delayed on PC. I have the Switch version. I could get it on the PS4, but I haven't touched that thing in ages and I I think that if I did it would resent me. What's wrong with the PS4? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's not my platform of choice. Fair anymore. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It might it might be good for Sonic Mania though. It, it right, so it is every bit as good as everybody says it is. Mm, I've been hearing that. There's my review. Um, <laughs> it's worth the fifteen ninety nine. You'll play it throughout the life of the console that it happens to be sat on. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that it was actually a digital download because I'm not. It, that means it's always there. I don't have to have remembered to have brought it with me. Uh, <laughs> So I can kind of live with it like that. And speaking of special editions, did you see the Have one? You seen? <laughs> yeah, this, the, yeah, we've been seeing various reviews, and it is not going down well. It is not, is it? Uh, it's just strange choices. Strange choices. And it looks sold out as well here. Yeah. On uh, oh no no right that was just the PC version, which technically isn't out yet, so it's not sold out. It's seventy nine ninety nine on every platform. Um, because the game isn't in there. There's just a code for a download of the game. Yeah. Uh, but it's a 12-inch Sonic the Hedgehog statue, so it's a foot tall, and it sits on top of a Mega Drive 1-shaped plinth that is bigger than an actual Mega Drive 1. It is slightly bigger than a friggin' Mega Drive. Why? How did that happen? So you can make blood sacrifices to it, I think, by the sound Clearly, that's... It's, <sighs> it's huge. You also get a, a golden ring. 
inside a cartridge, uh, yes. which is scaled, a Mega Drive cartridge, which is scaled to match the console that it comes with, which means that it's slightly bigger. Yeah. And and this this is the best bit. This is the best bit. If you put batteries in the Mega Drive base, when you turn the power switch on and off, it makes the Sega noise. Yes. As we go, Sega. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) It's going to be one of those. It's going to, you're going to basically, in a couple of years, in all those sort of weird kind of bric-a-brac antique stores, one of these will be stood next to the inexplicable three-foot-tall Betty Boop statue that all these things have. <laughs> Absolutely. And everybody going, what the fuck is that? It's, it's well, the novelty value, but you know what? People are really into Sonic, like, to an alarming degree. Yeah, but... Like, for, for someone <sighs> like me who literally played the first one on the Mega Drive and never thought about it again... <laughs> Um. Yeah. You. You put anything about Sonic on the internet. Oh boy. People the Sonic. Have opinions. Yes. The Sonic community, which I I am not a part of. I like Sonic. I have very strong nostalgia. I feel very bad about what's been done to him over the years. But I'm not part of the Sonic community because they are quite toxic. They can be. They can be real shit sometimes. It's just uh, a game, guys. It's just, it's just a, game. a game. It's just a game, but yeah. The uh, another thing is the quality control on these things was not apparently very good. Well, so I, uh, I, a lot of I, I, a lot of them, including prominent YouTubers, have received theirs uh, smashed up. Yeah, and in ways in which it couldn't have been broken in transit because it's quite well packaged in its box, so yes. it had to have been pre damaged before it was packaged. Someone's tried to exercise the demon that lives in it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm, I'm fully on board with this putting around the rumor these are cursed objects now because they sound terrifying yeah it's I, not great i mean i'm looking up i have a little collection of sonic figures i have a little sonic book but they're well made they're nice they're small they're tasteful <laughs> don't judge me <laughs> this is i only have tasteful sonic memorabilia in this house i i get it but this is just this particular product is Garbage. If it had been like a quarter of the size, yeah, and you know, slight, you know, the same amount of material into something a quarter of the size, it would have been cheaper. It would have been sturdier, and it wouldn't have looked so fucking ridiculous. That is ultimately the problem with this. It's it's just ridiculous. It's huge. Yeah. It's like, and it, I mean, it's not even. How do you fuck up a one to one scale? It's just bizarre, isn't it? It's so strange. It really is. But yours for eighty quid. The game itself is fifteen ninety nine. Yes. So this thing and the box that it comes in. I mean, the box looks nicer than the thing itself. The it, big sort of square box. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It does look nicer. Leave it in the, the box, thing. everyone. And if yeah. you buy it now, if you've heard us talk about it, and you think, "Oh, I, I need that," you've got too much money. You've just got too much money. The, the, send it to us, please. Instead, I can. I can honestly. Say there are things in this world that you know. I look at them and think, "Oh, that's ridiculous." But if I had the money, I would get it. If I had the money, <laughs> if I had unlimited money, I would not touch that damn thing. No, no. You'd need room for much better stuff in your house. Yeah. I thought that when I heard that the uh, the conference table from the Observation Lounge on the Enterprise D was up for auction. Like, oh God! If, remind me from that was the, the the next gen proper TV series, the big right. long curved glass top table. Oh, was, right. I always thought that thing looked kind of cheap with all the chairs and everything. I believe it went for three hundred thousand dollars. 
And that, yeah, that was in the, if I had the money, that would be my dining table. Mm. And I would have people over until they just said, is this? And I'd be, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Thing is, those glass, you'd be like, get your elbows off it, get your hands on it, it's covered in fingerprints. Yeah, I'd be following them. everyone around with a, a little squeegee. That would be it. So Sonic Mania, worth fifteen ninety nine in my opinion. Absolutely. But someone... Good take up the mantle, collect all these statues and put them in that vault from Indiana Jones because they're not right. <laughs> you want them to be watched over by top I man. do. I want every one of them to come with a little vial of holy water to deal with the consequences. <laughs> Nicely done. Now, in other breaking news, Civilization has a new board game. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. we were we were talking about uh, Fallout getting a board game last week and I thought, you know, we all thought Fallout as a board game, not not totally a you know not a great it's hard, idea. To, it's hard to translate the experience but civilization i uh, yeah i wasn't aware that civilization was based on a board game called civilization we we had it although i think how the one we had was based on the game yes um, there, right there was a, a 1980s board game called civilization which sid meyer who made the original civilization video game uh, said that he didn't know about, but according to everyone who worked with him, totally knew about when he made the game Civilization. <laughs> Sat there playing it, calling yeah, the person who made it. it. Was in the office. <laughs> there you go. Well, he was, yeah. And since then, it turns out that there. This is this is now the third board game based on the video game Civilization, which is based on the board game Civilization. It's going full Inception. Yeah, this is weird. I all I remember about the game that we had, we got it from Meadow Hall. We were very excited. My dad and I sat down to play it, and eight hours later, we packed it up and never played it again. That, that <laughs> I was, was say, it. Eight hours, eight hours in, you just finished the setup. It's like I just don't care anymore. I, I don't care. This has to come to an end. So it came to an end and never started again. Uh, <laughs> So you'll forgive me for not being too excited about this board game. Uh, it, it's yeah. Mm. Let's yeah. let's move on. Re- I just thought it was. <laughs> yeah. Redesigned Xbox wireless adapter delayed. Oh, yeah. this is yeah. Um, this this is a weird one. I right. This raises an issue. I think Microsoft are knobs about this. Absolutely. Mm. Just make it Bluetooth, would you? This is. Well, the, the the problem is, for those of you who are unaware, is that the Xbox controllers, which are actually pretty good, and this goes back to the 360 controllers, are wireless. And you think, okay, then I should be able to Bluetooth it to my computer, right? No, no. You need the special Xbox controller wireless adapter, which in the, in the 360 days was sort of a beige plaque thing that plugged into uh, your computer with a USB. Now it seems it looks like a... Well, a normal wireless dongle uh, but it's still pretty huge and sticks out and everything well you you're half right you're half right about the uh, the, the current the uh, newest rendition of the Xbox One controller which is the second iteration does have Bluetooth okay it does actually it does actually allow you to uh, connect to a PC the thing is and that's why I got one um there's a but there's a problem there's well there's two problems there's firstly i've noticed in a few like precision platforming games i think i've picked up on some like 
Bluetooth latency right. issues where I've been, you know, unable to make, you know, jumps haven't been uh, triggering when they should. Uh, things like that, it, it's really got on my nerves. So I've been actually playing with it hooked up uh, by USB. But what's uh, completely lost my train of thought there? Well, Which is I w- good because you know we're recording this. Well, I was uh, I was going to say. I mean, at least you can plug it in with a USB. You can't even yes, do that absolutely. with the Xbox 360 controllers. They're a right pain. Uh, no, you can plug. You can plug. You, have to, you can buy a wired one. Yeah. As well, yeah. But the ones that are wireless, even though you can, they, they have the charge cable, uh, which will if you if you plug the charge cable into a PC, it'll it'll recognize. I've I've my experiences have been different. Um, <laughs> So I might try that again. That said, I did buy Dual, I did buy DualShock Three today to use as a, a wired controller. Um, I I quite like the DualShock Three, and it will work great with the uh, Raspberry Pi. Oh, fair enough. Which is something else I have to talk about later. Oh, I've got some words about that later on. Also. Yeah. Um, so I I mean ultimately, so it's this one just, is, this one this is, is strange because Microsoft have been. Like from the very beginning of the 360, from when you know, from when they had uh, wireless controls, they have been incredibly precious about their wireless tech, and uh, you know, this sort of is continuing. You know, it took them this long to allow a th- an Xbox controller to connect via Bluetooth. But I was considering giving this a go, uh, as uh, my experience with Bluetooth wasn't great. I wanted to compare and contrast to see if it was any better. Yeah, because here this is one of the weird things. I've encountered this in two 3D games. The first one was Mass Effect Andromeda. When playing on PC, when I started playing it and I was using the controller wirelessly via Bluetooth, every so often the game would freeze in a really weird way where sort of the audio would continue playing. You know, if I was out in an environment, the the, the uh, environmental audio would continue playing, but the game state would just sort of freeze as if the as if the game had been paused but there was no pause screen and the only way to do it was to uh uh shut down the the game and relaunch it and i looked this up and i kept looking and it turns out it's a strain it's a a number of games have this problem if you're using a controller wirelessly all right via bluetooth it seems to be some sort of a, a problem uh, it's specifically with the Xbox One controller. If you're using it via Bluetooth, uh, as soon as I plug it into via USB, no problems. Never happened again. So it's just odd that Microsoft are having such trouble with this. And I was hoping that this would be a solution for me because I was, you know, looking for something that would take up less space. I have a few spare USB drives in the back of the machine. Yeah, and it's just so weird that inexplicably in the US it's been delayed. From August into January 2018. But, yeah, wow. So why that's a long that, delay. That's a long delay. There, there, Apparently, Japan and Australia are going to be getting it, no problem. There, there is one already. It's £17.49. You could have it by tomorrow. I could. But There's a smaller thing available. Well, I it, but I, I would argue if it's going in the back of your PC, who cares how big it is? Within reason. It makes no. It's for if it was going in a laptop, because USB plugging things with USB into laptops is a scary thing. If it's not on a desk, uh, you're just waiting for something to get destroyed. Uh, and so for that sort of thing, you'd want as small a thing as possible. But 
uh, and and I think laptop gaming is quite prevalent now because you can get some ridiculous laptops for gaming. Yeah, now that the uh, now that laptops are starting to have sort of full fat uh, graphics card I, in them, I, I keep getting an advert for one. I think on Facebook an Asus one that's like a 1080i graphics card and a, a what i7 7700 is it processor uh, yes, it, seven, yes and seven, it's, seven. it's just ridiculous and it's it's yeah. in this m- stupidly thin laptop you're like where's that in a macbook pro come on yeah enjoy yeah. the third degree burns on your knees by the yes. way when this thing gets <laughs> yes. um, yeah get some good noise cancelling headphones because that fucker's gonna be loud that's very true, but I still want one. Oh, I totally agree, but it's it's a ridiculous. It is it's it again going back to it's a kind of ridiculous thing that I would totally have if I yeah. had the money. Then I could play my Steam games. That would feel good. I've bought all those games. I can't play them. I you do it thinking I'll have a computer that will run this one day, and it's still not there yet. So waiting. Uh, instead, I seem to be buying them all again on old consoles. Hmm. Uh, last bit of news: Engineer invents switch peripheral for one-handed gamers. Oh, very clever! It never occurred mm. to me. But uh, it's—I saw something like this a few years ago, um, and it was—it uh, was a 360 controller that had been modded uh, again to be used by one hand. But the way it worked was it was—it used—it uh, moved all the bu- face buttons to where they could be used by one hand. Uh, I think it was for a right-handed gamer. And they had the analog stick, the, the left analog stick, on the back of the pad so that it would be set on the knee and you would move it sort of like a mouse in order to All use right. the, the, the back analog. Whereas this thing's just sort of uh, meant to be used entirely with one hand, which I suppose the form factor of the, what do you call those, the Joy-Cons? Yeah. I hate that name. The Joy-Cons. Um, I just hate Joy. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is sort of a one-handed, you know, entirely one-handed. But it looks a bit clumsy to me, but apparently it's usable. Yeah. It's, it's for those of you who can't see it, it's a sort of snuggie for it's two Joy-Cons. Yeah, it's a bracket sort of clamping them both together. It, it looks better than nothing. It makes Absolutely. me appreciate my two working hands. I'll, t- I'll tell you that much. Yep. Well, um, so Xbox um, sort of took this up a, a few weeks ago because there was an update for the one that uh, allowed you to change the how controllers your controller would work. Um, so you could program it. So if you're if you've only got use of one hand, also a thing that you can have co-control. So you can put two controllers in, and so one controller does one thing and one controller does the other. The idea being that if you're so like a parent or an older sibling with a younger, with a small kid. I'd they be tired just, of seeing them fuck up. Yeah. yeah. They can just press the fire button and you do everything else, for example, hmm. which I thought was quite a cool idea. Yeah, it's a nice idea. That's yeah, nice I like idea. that. I like that. So that's the but thing. Again, yeah, it's, it's a nice, it's a really, like I say, it's just a right angle bracket, you know, with, the connectors for the joy cons and i was looking at them thinking that's really nice and it's you know he's put it up on online anyone can download it and i, I was just gonna to say printer. that is pretty awesome that if you want one you can go to his website and download it that's because i was yeah i yeah, was imagining cool. we're in the future very people. easily imagine if this was a, a licensed peripheral this would be going for about 
10 to 15 quid, wouldn't it? More, far more. more. That. Double, yeah. easily. This is, yeah, this yeah. is a 39.99 peripheral. Perhaps yeah. more, because it's, it's very well, niche. Well, they stick on an LED or some shit. It, it's very niche. You're not going to sell millions of these. Mm. So yeah. this is maybe up into the 59 or 79 category. So yeah, I mean, because if you if you look at peripherals now, I mean, because there aren't many now, but I mean, when you look at the ones for, I mean, because they're all the nice kind of steering wheels for people who are really into their their driving games. Those things retail for three hundred quid a go. Hmm. So retail, you know, peripherals are very niche now, but so you pay niche price essentially because they're only, in theory, there for a few very specialised gamers. So they will charge you accordingly. That that game company I used to work for uh, mm. paid Michael Schumacher three million pounds to make a Michael Schumacher branded steering wheel peripheral, and then Is he yet? no, not no. yet. And then just oh, yeah. just never released it. And wow. then and then they wondered why they were in financial trouble. <laughs> like, well, you've made a lot of shit and not sold it, and that seems to be breaking sort of some of the fundamental laws of how a business operates. Uh, you have to sell the things that you've made so people give you money. Remember Mad Cats? I do. It was the, we were, <laughs> They were a direct rival. It was that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, they, went, they were sort of the kings of shitty peripherals, except the one good thing they did was um, fighting pads, you know, uh, the, the old sort of arcade-style pads. Oh, we had one of those. We had one of those. Uh, they... Uh, ordered well i remember we had a shipment of twenty five thousand came in from china and during the three months i was at the company two were sold well yeah inexplicably yeah. they were being sold with michael schumacher's face on them it was weird yes, it was odd like why is michael schumacher doing an arcade stick yeah, yeah. we had lots of other proof we did have some very popular ones there was like a light gun with a a laser pointer on it that would point you see so you were more accurate on the tv that was pretty cool and they made like the definitive time crisis package of gun with pedal because you needed a pedal oh. for time crisis. You need a pedal to hide it, yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, they they weren't devoid of good stuff, but it was it was yeah, time crisis. The original cover be a shooter. People complain that it's a modern phenomenon. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it was great. Time crisis. That was. was that was a fantastic arcade game. They still make them, you know, because again, living in uh, Great Yarmouth, I'm. A- adjacent to many arcades there's i think the newest time Cry- time crisis five you know they're still making them hang on why have i never typed in rent arcade games into google because because why would you want to rent an arcade game well i want to at least know higher amusement machines maxicoin.co.uk oh fantastic right what have you got pub machine oh, i'm not interested in pub machines pull tab lottery machines God, see, I want to know what you can get. There must be a place you can go. If I'm opening an arcade, there, there's surely a place I can go to. Yeah, there's a there's a place. Well, there's a place near where I live that deals in them, does repairs, that sort of thing. And yeah. I guess, you know these. The they. I mean, because when I worked in an arcade for a brief period, you know things did just come on a big van every so often, and then you know a couple of blokes would come and install, you know, this great big thing, and then we'd have. I mean, because we um. The newest one that came in when I worked there was a Jurassic Park kind of. It was like the front of uh, the Land Rovers from right. uh, the first Jurassic Park, and you basically sit in it, and it's like just a rail shooter game essentially. Um, but that replaced our Terminator Two 
giant gun game that we had. Basically one of those ones that comes with the huge great gun that you use to to play the game with. And um, I was curious as to to um, what happens to the old machines. And it's like, they just go to a place. With hammers. They, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, <laughs> exactly. They just sort of, you know, go somewhere, you know, like... Um, Much you like know, your childhood dog. Yeah, it went to, to a, a farm, you know, like two towns over. It just with sort of hammers. Went away. Yeah. So, like, there must be a business that has those, that those arcades get them from. So I want to find yeah. out who they are and can I look through their catalogue? Yeah, okay. will, will, will they sell to, like, uh, you know, private individuals and stuff? I mean, because I know that, you know, you know, if you want to buy a fruit machine, you, you're oh, perfectly I, welcome to do that. Yeah, I, d- like I, that, so. I, I don't want to buy one. Don't get me wrong. When yeah, I was a I student, <laughs> I lived in a house that had an actual pub arcade machine in it. Um, <laughs> if you want to know how you do that, then what you do is distract the barman while about four of you pick up a pub arcade machine and run. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and it was, I would say that you were fully morally and ethically sound on that. It was I, his fault for not chaining it to the freaking wall. I wasn't there. I I must make this very clear. Oh, right, was, okay. I was absolutely nothing to do with it whatsoever. Um, <laughs> It was not my arcade machine. I merely lived in the house in which it finally came to rest. Uh, in case you're wondering, it was a crystal maze machine. Ooh. Oh, cool. Yeah, with the rollerball on and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was awful. But it was a good talking point in the middle of your fucking living room. Yeah, you don't really want that. Trust me. Anyway, so that's the news. What what did you have oh. to say about Raspberry Pi? Or did you want a news thing again? Uh, are we skipping the story about uh, Discord? Is that a th- uh, right? Sorry. I uh, thought- can we skip that? Uh, if you want to skip it, it's no problem. It felt more tech it or leave it to me. Be- really? Okay. No problem. Oh, that's hang strong. on. Wait, what is Discord? Hang on. Right. Well, it's uh, Discord is... Uh, that's specifically it- a gamer thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay, then. Yeah, sorry. I misunderstood what it was. Discord shuts down altright.com server after Charlottesville violence. Um, unless you've been under a rock for the last few days, uh, Nazis went mental in Charlottesville, Virginia. <laughs> yes, they did. They um, unfortunately did. That's basically the best way of putting it. It was an absolutely horrendous event that took place and a definite sound of the downturn of our society in general. Uh, yes, I'm not even being dramatic about that. No, absolutely. There there were fucking Nazis on the streets with flags and saluting, etc. So I I can't... I do not understand. I've said it before. I do not understand how that is... You know, I'm all for freedom of speech, uh, you know, freedom of uh, protest and stuff like that. But when you are overtly Nazis, how is it that these people get... Not only are they allowed, but they get police protection. Th- this is but anyway this is yeah. why we have laws against that shit yeah. you know if you are a recognized hate group in the uk you don't get to gather yeah and, you know protest no you get shit you get shut down and I, but I, apparently in america not the thing we we sort of tend not to let people we've actually had a war with uh, yes. do shit like that but that's just us but the fact is is that um people have basically started to find out that if you get involved with this stuff then people suddenly don't feel like serving you shit anymore exactly and one of these people became discord who are apparently a so is this like slack but gaming well this is basically the thing whenever uh 
whenever you invited me to Slack, I said, why aren't you doing this on Discord? And you're like, what's Discord? And I was like, what's Slack? They're, yeah, they're yeah. basic. They're, they're kind of analogous, except Discord is... Uh, oh, hello. Hel- between gamers, it's it was like a, a sort chat, of chat seen as a solution. Yeah. It's like a chat app, yeah. It runs on uh, mobile, uh, desktop. Um, I don't think it has an in-browser uh, option. But yeah, you can set up little uh, sort of servers uh, easily, and you can have little rooms inside them, which uh, offer uh, both text and voice chat yeah. options. And it's been used, uh, it's been adopted by uh, gamers as a uh, a, a solution to uh, shitty in-game voice. Ah, so and there'll be a, lots of Splatoon two rooms. Yeah, there. basically. Yes. Yeah, okay. it's, absolutely. It's, yeah, I mean, um, from what I've seen, it's mostly people like sort of the big Twitch streamers and stuff. Right. Like, so if they want to do like a community event, like oh, let's all play Mario Kart or let's all play this thing or that thing, any multiplayer, it's like okay, so I've set up this this Discord so everyone can use that. And then we can play all this game and I'll use Twitch to stream that. So that's how I've seen it used. Absolutely. That is exactly the context in which you use. I only, uh, I only sort of grudgingly came to know it because my little sister kept bugging me to play Overwatch, which has no uh, in-game. Oh, no, it does have in-game chat, but it's shit. Okay. So she bugged me and bugged me and bugged me and finally I installed and sort of got used to Discord. And uh, yeah, so in the wake of charlottesville uh there were a number of because it's not exclusively gamers you know you can just set up a community yeah uh, a server based around anything and there were a number of uh communities like uh, which one this one was specifically for the daily stormer which is uh, a nazi it's a nazi website and forum and they had a discord server and people were celebrating uh the violence and the death one death so far anyway caused during the charlottesville uh what, do we, what would you call it, the charlottesville riots i don't protests? know i don't know what you'd call it attack I would shit, say. shit storm uh yeah. mm-hmm. basically i know that uh godaddy shut down hosting for a website as well on the yeah, same daily stormer yeah. Like, yeah it was daily stormer as well um and yeah. something else that occurred to me like early call of duty games must really upset these people like, yeah. how can you be a Nazi gamer? All the games are about shooting fucking Nazis. Mm-hmm. Like, do you look at Wolfenstein as just sacrilege? What? How do you deal with that? I, I, uh, you know. I think there's no. It's part of me was thinking there has never been a better time to be a you know for the Wolfenstein revival. Yeah, because we really, re, you know, feeling killing Nazis has never felt better. Yeah, if you are uh, a Nazi, feel free to not get involved in a conversation yeah. with us about this. By the way, it's not. But, yeah. So anyway, Discord, uh, a number of you know places were celebrating and uh, promoting uh, violence against you know uh, liberals, as they would say. Right. And Discord stepped in and said, "Nope, off you fuck," which is a considerably better reaction than, say, the president of the United States has had. Well, yes, he, and he, I did enjoy that long video of him falling apart in the foyer of Trump Tower the other night as well. That was, yeah. Oh, man, I couldn't get through it. It just it upset me so much. It was, yeah. it was like, oh, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Mm. Bigly funny. But yeah. Bigly funny. So, and of course, the, the beautiful irony of this is that every time these fuckheads get shut down somewhere, their first recourse is, 
but what about my freedom of speech? And it's like, no, that's not what that means. That's not what that means. And we decided over 60 years ago, you don't get that. Yeah. Fuck up. You have a right to freedom of speech, not Twitter, dicks. That's Yes, you, you do not have a right to uh, an audience or to be hosted. Exactly. Shout out the window. You can do that. That's fine. Don't, though, because that's just obnoxious generally. But, well... You know, what are you going to shout subnoxious? So does it matter um, where you shout well, it from? Again, as was pointed out quite brilliantly, don't especially do it in Germany. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they don't <laughs> like it. They shit out you. They, they don't they like it. They shit out you. Um, oh, that was I, wonderful. Yeah, I think there was a, wasn't there a video of that, of some guy yep. doing it in An Germany? American yeah. in Germany. Yeah. Uh, shouting Nazi slogans and throwing up the, uh, the, the one arm salute. He, he got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. The vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> They're nice people, the Germans. They are. Apparently, I've heard. I've, nice, never, nice I've never met one. I've never met one. I've met which... many, and they are genuinely lovely people. Mm. Like, really nice. I never had a bad time in Germany. I had a few hairy moments, but I never had what I'd call a bad time. That night after the bar, where it was like, and we're cycling home. Sorry, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be interesting, but hey, I'm drunk enough to try. Oh, dear. Oh, my childhood. Yeah, those were the days. So anyway, what do you want to say about the, the Raspberry Pi? Um, well, I've been playing around with it uh, over the past week, and I've been, uh, I went through the R's of scraping the library for, you know, in, uh, for uh, box art and descriptions and stuff. Okay. And I got all that done. A few hundred games, a good few hundred games, uh, multiple platforms. And then I decided, well, I'll have a look through the sort of the sort of more in-depth, you know, setup menus in the game in, in uh, sort of behind the scenes. Yeah. And I discovered that I could update all of the uh, pre-installed software. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be using this, I may as well do that. Now, it, it doesn't warn you before you do this. A little, just a little warning. This process will take about two hours. Yeah, it takes a long time, doesn't it? It is. Yeah. It is not a quick thing. It is not a is not a fast thing. Uh, did it all over Wi-Fi? You know, downloading. It was convenient in that regard. It, you know, I didn't have to download anything, stick it on a USB, plug it into the Pi, and hope that I'd got the right thing. It, it did it all automatically. But then once it was done, and you know, I was glad when it was done, and I. Uh, Stuck, I, I stuck it back in. I added a few more games and I went to scrape them. And after the update, the scraping time was improved by about four times. Really? So I had wasted, if I didn't, if I'd updated it first, I could have saved myself, I would say at least a couple of hours. Ah. Not only was the speed improved, but I think the accuracy was improved of sort of, you know, uh, you know, whenever you look up Final Fantasy, it'll list all the Final Fantasy games. And if the the file name is Final Fantasy 4, it will invariably say, did you mean Final Fantasy 2? It no is game. so dumb, isn't it? I meant Final Fantasy 4. Thank you. But um, oddly, there is it, the only games now, the entire thing is done. Everything is updated. I've installed everything I want to install. Everything's scraped. The only games which have not been scraped are the F-Zero games, because you just cannot figure those yeah, out. Yeah, what the fuck is that about? I, it, mine's the same. 
Mine's the it, same. It, it's. I looked it up. It's to do with special characters. Apparently, you know, the hyphen, the F dash zero. Uh, that is what throws it off. Now, for every other game that I've encountered that specific problem with, because there are plenty of games which use, you know, uh, non-alphanumeric characters. There's plenty of games which use punctuation. I was able to get around it by going in, you know, hooking up my keyboard and removing the special punctuation, and it was able to find it no problem. For some reason, F0, there is no iteration that it will be able to find the F0, any of the F0 games, of which there are very few, irritatingly few. But it's just going to be an empty, you know, a blank spot spot on my library. Hang on. Um, I tried F space zero, F dash zero, F zero all in word. Nothing. So I have a thing that might have dealt with this that you'll be interested to hear about. Uh, Bear with me just a second while I go. I, I don't know that what I've got has fixed the problem. So I need to look before I say this is a thing that's fixed that problem. Um, I'm loud, you might hear me from across the room. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. He's gone, we can say whatever we want. Oh, oh we can I still can, hear him. Yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> right, so, oh, hang on. Okay, let's see how long this wire is. So, I, you go to Google and you type in 32 gigabyte retro pie image, or whatever size, size you've got a memory card for. And I, I got a 32 gig memory card off Amazon for 9.99. So there you go. And basically, this is a, the full install with games and everything. You, oh, get, right. you get it as a torrent. It is 32 gigabytes or just less than. And you just put it on your SD card, put that in your RetroPie, and it is all set up, all ready to go. And so I've got, I need to go through the systems that it's got because it starts with Arcade Classics. There's lots of uh, Capcom arcade boxes and that sort of thing in here. Are they all sort of, are you, is, it, is it pre-scraped is what you're saying? Sort of all the information filled in? Yes, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. what I need, and there's loads of systems, stuff I'd just not put on here and arcade cabinets and Neo Geo and all kinds of other stuff. So I just need to find. That would have been really useful a week ago. I found Super Nintendo. I'm looking for F Zero, mm. and there's hundreds of fucking SNES games on here. Well, this is the thing: you can you can you can manually enter you know everything into the fields that you want, but it's the uh, box art. If you were to if you want to put box art in, you have to download it on your PC, put it on, make sure it's the right size, put it on a USB stick, and then insert it into the the Pi. Load up the metadata editor, and then manually navigate to the right folder to find the image and i'm very lazy oh i yeah hang on do it for me <laughs> did you hear that noise mm-hmm. i'm sending you a photo on slack which is proof although i this I, is I another don't. no it's not this is another deck pick i will be no, just I, as I've disappointed as the first those. one i've stopped sending those basically what it's a picture showing you is that there is f-zero with correct oh on slack yeah correct box art and correct everything uh so i recommend looking at this there's many available and like i say i just typed in retro pie image (laughs) in the size of my sd card it took me to a site arcadepunks.com and they seem to review all of these things and have links to download them uh so obscenely illegal 
obviously. Uh, but oh, as I go to their download plugin, uh, their download page, they have 128 gigabyte images, uh, 16 gig images. What's that? 200 gigabyte images. Basically, whatever you can get storage for, eight gigs. Right. Although, don't get use an eight gig. Just, no, honestly, yeah. nine ninety nine for the thirty two gig. That's a, that's a nice thing. They're using. Yeah, and and so it's. I would say it's worth a look at. I mean, God, it's right. a Raspberry Pi, so you can just get yeah. a second SD card and see what it's like, and not yeah, not yeah, touch your the, original. The OS is installed on the on the SD card, which yeah. is possibly one reason why it's a little slow than usual. You know, it's not using a, a high speed connection, but it's still you know for playing the games, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, because they're just so small. And just and so I've installed, I actually installed the, uh, there's an optional, this is the thing, I was going through the sort of the background stuff in the uh, the OS setup, the sort of hidden stuff under the hood, and I did install the, the PlayStation emulator, and it works like a treat. Yep. I'm, I was actually surprised. I, I assume they didn't install it because uh, PlayStation, well, they're not ROMs, they're ISOs, their disk images are quite big. So not an awful lot of people are going to be downloading those, you know, yeah. compared to its contemporary, the, the, the Nintendo 64, which uh, uses ROMs, which are considerably smaller because it doesn't have uh, video and things like that. But uh, it runs absolutely smoothly. It seems that that is sort of the cutoff point for the Pi, any higher than uh, PlayStation. Like if you go to PlayStation 2 or Dreamcast, that's when things start to suffer it is, a little bit. And, and that has governed my console buying choices so that's why you've been buying playstation sort of from that gen onward yeah because you can't right. the, the emulation is spotty at best um right. i've had te- what is technically an emulation of gamecube games and ps2 games and that running on my computer but it's just nothing compared to the actual machines yeah. uh the the gamecube stuff you can get there's the dolphin emulator that does all kinds of fancy graphical tricks Mm-hmm. Uh, makes stuff look incredible, but it runs like a dog, a, a kind of slow, yeah. fat dog. I don't know why that expression is exists because my dog can run like nobody's business. But mm. uh, you know, the, but yeah, before that, you're fine with RetroPie. But at that point, that's the cutoff point. And even PlayStation, I'd rather do on my Mac. Um, yeah, yeah, because that's just you know got much more power to it. Uh, but yeah, that's what, you know, it's kind of... But the reason I was considering the PlayStation is that, oddly, because um, I've been, I've been looking, there's a few franchi- old franchises that I really want to uh, catch up with. And this week, because I have, uh, you know, uh, I have a good library of SNES, NES, Game Boy Advance, you know, Nintendo uh, consoles, I've been looking up what versions are the best versions of some of the older games to play. Yeah. Because a lot of franchises like Metroid and Mario have received uh, essentially remakes on uh, mostly on the, the Game Boy Advance, and it turns out most of them are most of the, uh, the Game Boy Advance versions are the better versions of the originals. Uh, so yeah, it's been kind of uh, yeah. I I nearly bought a Game Boy Advance today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah, the again, I keep losing my train of thought, and I apologize for that. But yeah, the one franchise I was looking to was uh, Resident Evil, which you know some of them are easy options to make, like the uh, the the remake, the remaster of the remake of Resident Evil One and Resident Evil Zero, or 
clear winners. Uh, there are easy options for a lot of the you know future games, even Resident Evil Four. Yeah, Resident Evil Two is a really weird outlier. It really is, isn't it? You can't. You really can't get a, a decent PC version. Really, your only option is to buy the PlayStation version. It's really yeah. weird. It hasn't been ported. It hasn't been properly uh, supported. And that's weird because it's considered by many to be one of the best games in the franchise. Yeah, they've just never touched it. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah slowed me down a little bit with the first one. But then so yeah. did it scaring the shit out of me. And getting stuck. That is also, it's not easy. Really? And I'm not very bright. I've got to mm. do, I've got to like blow the dog whistle outside and the dog's going to come and get me and I have to kill the dog. And then there's something in its collar that it goes on you know, Resident Evil games. Mm-hmm. But I have discovered burning corpses, so that's that's fun. Oh, yeah, that was introduced. Uh, that was introduced in Resident Evil 2, and now they, then they added it to Resident Evil 1. Oh, the right. Yeah the, yeah, the crimson heads you have to burn and things like that. Yeah, that's what I've been doing, burning them. It's, it's lots of fun. It really is. I always appreciate desecrating a corpse. It's a good laugh. Why mm-hmm. not? Um, but I haven't really been playing it. This, Do you know what? After talking about that Shadows of Mordor game, I ended up getting it. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's really good, isn't it? It's, I'm enjoying it a lot. It is good. It's just endless smashing in orcs, which is mm-hmm. great fun. Uh, it's nice and gory. Oh, I appreciated the gore. Oh, it's extremely gory. And you can be sneaky or you can shoot arrows. and It's just lots of fun. I, I'm quite enjoying that at the moment, to be perfectly honest. The PS4 is getting a serious workout these days. It's awesome. It's I'm I'm so pleased with it. And I also got The Escapist today, so I'm going to give that a go. All right. Mm-hmm. Again on the PS4. I just there's I keep buying fucking games. I've got to stop. I've got to, <laughs> I've got to lay off for a couple of weeks. I think just to chill out. There's so many in the post still. <laughs> <laughs> And I, mean, I don't know when Night Trap's going to arrive. That's the one I'm really I looking forward to. I saw that you bought the boxed copy of Night Trap. Yes, I have a physical, physical release. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I wanted to play it. I've never really played it. And uh, there's a documentary on YouTube by the My Life in Gaming people about the remake of this game. And it looked incredible. And they've gone back to the original tapes and that sort of thing. It mm. looks like it never has before. Uh, but I don't like, if it can be helped, I really don't like digital games. I want to own the disc. And this mm. was uh, Limited Run Games, who yeah. do limited runs of otherwise digital-only games for PS4. Uh, Are they the guys who did Firewatch? Quite, quite limited run of Firewatch, possibly? Quite possibly. Uh, I will look on their website, limitedrungames.com. And so what they do is they basically make like 5,000 copies of a game and tell you we got this goes on sale at like 11 o'clock yep, Pacific. it was. Yeah, and basically you just refresh your page, go and buy the thing and do it as quickly as is humanly possible and you have a physical copy of Night Trap on its way. Wonderful. They, I think it took five minutes to sell out. Damn. Or something like that. Uh so it's it was pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it coming. You could get a special collector's edition, but that seemed a bit I was about to top. ask, does it come with uh does it come with anything, you know, in the box? But uh 
I can't remember what the uh, ex the collector's edition came with. Um, what am I looking at here? It was something like the the theme tune to the game on a cassette tape and other stuff. I don't know. Yeah, didn't it have like it had like an original song for the yeah. soundtrack, didn't it? Oh yeah. yeah, I think that's the only part that most people have seen on YouTube. Yeah. Well, no, I watched the uh, the Game Grumps. Those guys on you guys on YouTube. I watched them play it and. I mean, they were using a walkthrough. It gets quite hard at the end, actually, trying to trying to play it. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to little a little revival in FMV games is sort of uh, trying to trying to bubble up at the moment because we had one sort of last year, the bunker. Which, oh, the, uh, yeah, they put that on sale at the same time. Yeah, so I think because there was another, there's sort of another sort of a, a mafia kind of gangster type. FMV game, which I can't, the name of which completely escapes at the moment, which came out recently. So I could, I could see if this sort of, I mean, all the YouTubers will play it now it's come out again. Um, I think that there's going to be sort of a, I reckon that could be the kind of the new trendy thing to, to happen. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I kind of like that mm. I've got a game that is already rare. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. Limited to 5,000 copies. I, I was going to try and get, they did a, a physical release of The Wonder Boy remaster yeah i'm looking through the yeah they seem to be they seem to have a lot of a lot of interesting things here uh um, wonder boy firewatch i wish i got the firewatch one but you've I got, really love that game yeah you've got to jump on them that's yeah. you just not it's not oh shall i get it shall i not i'll see how it goes no they're sold out in five minutes if you aren't there uh you aren't getting it <laughs> but they they yeah. split it into two sales windows throughout the date so they do two and a half thousand like i think it was three o'clock in the afternoon here and then another at what was 11 p.m here so uh, like for people who are at work have a chance to yeah to, to get home and and try and get it so i mean that's that's entirely fair yeah that's decent of them yeah i yeah. gotta say uh, and so not not too bad i'm quite looking forward to it coming just because i'm never that's the thing i've never been interested in a thing but I like collectible editions sometimes, but it depends on the collectible. And I've never been bought in just because it's rare. You know, yeah. that's never been my uh, my thing. Did you see? Um, I, I should have put this in the in the in the chat. But um, there's uh, we were talking about Phoenix Wright last week. There's a there's a collectible edition coming out. I'm not yeah. really sure what it constitutes. But have you seen how much it is? It's sixteen hundred dollars. Wow! Yeah, it's, it comes with a gold plated. Um, bit for your for your DS and all this sort of thing. Like, what does it come with? One free murder. Yeah, yeah. I think you get a, a literal get out of jail free card. Yeah, I think or something like that. But yeah, I think well, most of the value is in this gold, literally gold thing. That uh, I think I don't know if it's like a plate for your for your DS or what exactly it is. I just looked at the headline essentially. I'll confess, I went. Yeah, Fuck I'm, it hell. I'm trying to get the details. <laughs> um, <laughs> Especially, um, and is it the original game or is it no. a is it a collection or a bundle no, of no. games? I don't think the uh, game's in there. That's the best bit. Jeez. <laughs> oh, hang on, is this it? Oh no, that's something in a briefcase. Oh, why can't I find this? Maybe if you put in like gold phoenix, right? Something like that, it'll probably come up. Ah, here we go. Right. This is Kotaku. Come on. Right. The Ace Attorney 1 to 6 Premium Edition Pack. The most expensive uh, Nintendo 3DS games bundle ever released. Oh, it is. It, right. It does have the games. Sorry. All right. Okay. 150,000 yen, roughly $1,365 or 18,000 pounds. 
the bundle comes with Ace Attorney 1 to 6, Ace Attorney 4 mini soundtrack CD, an original box. I, I don't know what that... It's in a box. A set of 15 postcards and a box for the postcards. A sheet... I, it just says, a sheet signed by Ace Attorney designer and a seven gram pure gold memorial plate. And it's not like a... It's like just a, piece, a flat piece of gold with something <laughs> laser etched onto it. And that is, yeah, that's, so that's $1,365. There you go. Or you could just realize you've got too much money and do something better with that. Yeah. I think. I think there was an Assassin's Creed, I think Assassin's Creed Origins is also trying to flog some people a, a 1300 quid dollar sort of special edition also, I believe. But, you know, those postcard things, that is a best filler. God, yeah. For that amount of money, that is every, And every collector's edition has them. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the last one I bought, I mean, the last collector's edition I got of anything, say collector's edition, I got the, um, when I bought Fallout 4, I also bought the, the, the Prima Guide. So I bought the nice hardback one. I have that too. <laughs> yeah. And that came with some inserts and shit, which is, I mean, they're nice, but they're apparently the so They don't fill any of my shelves. It's yeah. just slightly bigger than the than the book. I'm just looking up here. I am absolutely Bethesda's bitch. I am their <laughs> little gimp boy because above me, I have I have I have uh, the Fallout Three Collector's Edition, which uh, they did multiple versions of that. It's just the the lunchbox version, uh, the Fallout Four Collector's Edition. I have the Fallout New Vegas Collector's Edition, and I have the um, the collector's edition they did of Fallout One through. Uh, New Vegas in the mini nook. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Box, which is quite nice. It's actually the nicest one of the lot, and I think it was the cheapest. So yeah, yeah, they've got me by the balls. They know what they're doing. I mean, to be fair, they're I mean they're, they're aesthetically pleasing. They books. are nice. I mean, if, if, you know, if you like them, then it's worth the money. But it's yeah. you know things like this, where it's like you know this is it's really a special investment, mate. You wouldn't be able to sell that little slab of gold for a, a third of the price. No. You know, when coming a few years time, you're like, right now, trying to cash in on my investment. Everyone's like, what? It's going to be an especially sad day too when you bring it down to cash for gold, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, and they go, you know, and they weigh it and say oh, it's about sixty five yeah. quid square. So there's one other thing I wanted to mention that I got, uh, which is a gaming thing, but not a game. Uh, okay. I've had to look up the name because it's an odd, weird Chinese thing. Pandaren thumb grip caps. 10 set for and then it lists every console name because that's what they do with amazon names of products but basically yeah. this is yeah. a set of 10 of these little rubberized grip things that go over the thumbsticks on your controller and i thought they'd be shit but they're really not they're pretty cool so i yeah. it's it's allowed me to rescue some xbox 360 controllers that were otherwise like just had that rubber bit worn out mm. um yeah, my PS4 controller is in tatters. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've managed to fit them to every thumbstick on every controller. So from Switch to Xbox to original Xbox, every model of DualShock, just they're all funky colors now. And it was yeah. just three ninety nine. So it might be worth a look in case anyone's little, got problems with their controller thumb grips. Little thumbstick condoms. That's basically what they are. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, and there are lots of bright different colours and that sort of thing. So uh, it's it's pretty cool. You can put the neon green ones on your Xbox and that sort of thing. And 
I just thought it was worth mentioning because yeah, they, they were, weren't as shit as I expected them to be, basically. Are, are they ribbed? They are. Many of, them, many of them are ribbed. They are. They're ribbed and lumpy. Uh, yeah. And it feels pretty good, I'll tell you that. I totally agree. So there you go. Now I have to Nubbins. check Amazon to see what. Oh, yeah, there's lots of other games coming. Stop. Can you get a can you get a sort of performance enhancing lubricant? If only. Just one that sort of numbs your thumbs a little bit. If there is one out there, I haven't seen it. You can't I've play used with that numb once. thumbs it was though. Fucking horrible. Numb thumbs. You don't want that. You need sensitive <laughs> thumbs. But what if you have oversensitive thumbs, Rich? Well, then maybe a little thumb deadening is required. I, I don't know. Exactly. Maybe these things would help. Maybe just wear rubber gloves. I'm starting to get like track marks in my thumbs from injecting the Novocaine <laughs> before each session. I can't help you there, I'm afraid. Go between <laughs> the fingers. No <Nope. laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, uh, if only Alison could hear you. <laughs> I know, I know. She'd say I was right. But what have you two been playing this week or whatever or doing? Or do you have anything worth mentioning? Or um, Yeah, um, I've been uh, getting into Far Cry Primal. Um, it's my favourite one so far out of all that I've played. Considering that you're playing a caveman, it's the most relatable character of Far Cry, most relatable <laughs> protagonist I've played in Far Cry. Um, yeah, so basically Far Cry Primal is set in 10,000 B.C., in the land of Oros, which is uh, in Central Europe, you play Takar. Um, your your tribe, the Wenger, has been scattered uh, to kind of the four winds by um, events. So uh, your your task is to gather the Wenger back into uh, the heart of Oros and uh, begin to thrive again. And uh, yeah, it's considering all my bitching about the stories in Far Cry, this is by far my favourite. It's the most simple. And these are people who speak in a language that is what they, I was quite fascinated by the language actually, because the developers had to sort of go back and look at Indo-European and proto-Indo-European languages and then develop something that might plausibly be spoken. And um, it's, I would say if Ari from uh, Do Ask Yourself Fame, if she's listening, I know she's a, a linguist, so I think she would find this game fascinating if she hasn't played it. Um, it's, you're like you have uh, sort of what they call specialist tribes people, so people that you kind of rescue and the main NPCs you you interact with, and again your your relationship, every one of them is unique, and special in its own way, and again much more believable and enjoyable than three or four for me so far. Um, obviously, there are you, there are some frustrating bits in it because you're a caveman and you're restricted <laughs> to caveman technology. Uh, as satisfying is is to go just run into a battle and just club the fuck out of somebody. <laughs> um, I can agree. Wish, <laughs> you, you do wish that someone would invent metallurgy because I've, I've always been a fan of uh, blunt weapons over sharp ones. I've always preferred the hammer to the axe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's satisfying as well when you run it, especially like if you manage to run in, and they don't see you and just smashing someone's skull. Like, yeah, take that bitch, and um, it's it's entirely sat, you know too fun. Um, but yeah, there are some times where it, it's a little bit frustrating because it, it's naturally just a bit harder than obviously four because you have every technology or at your disposal. And, you know, if you want to occasionally the, miss the helicopter, yeah, you know, you, or you miss, <laughs> you miss having a sniper rifle and being able to go and sit on a hill 120 feet away and pick off everybody in the outpost and not have to worry about it. Um, you are 
uh, Takar is a beastmaster, so you do have you can bend animals to your will and use them. You do have the very amusing ability that you have an owl, which you can send to scout ahead, which and then uh, you can then use your owl to seems to be people. something that's going to be in Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> yes, see, yeah, they suddenly uh, the character has an eagle that he can use to scout places out. Yes, that's right. So it'd be interesting to use it the same way as far as Primal, because yeah. in Primal you can use your uh, owl to uh, go and savage someone to death. So if there's a there's a look at, you know if there's a lookout on in the outpost <coughs> or something, you can go and go and uh, take him out before they spot you and raise the alarm and stuff like that. So like your whole tactical thinking has to change because you have limited options. So I mean it's very interesting in that way. I'm I say, I'm enjoying the story much more, but. I know sort of, it, again, to, with all the Far Cries that I've been doing, the resource stuff is... Crafting. It is the crafting and gathering resources and animals. and all that. It is the game because right. you have to constantly have wood and flint and stuff to make arrows and spears and clubs and, fire and stuff. For, you, know, to, you have to go and get animals as you need, animal fat to make fire. You need... You know, so you have to be constantly thinking about okay, I'm, I'm going to go from A to B. Have I got enough stuff to get from A to B? Basically sounds adequately. like a Far Cry sort of challenge run. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's, not to say, it's not to the point of like the game isn't fun. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, it makes you, it just changes your mentality as a player rather than saying, well, you know, I've get you know, something like Fallout or anything. You know, I'm going to be fine because I've got 5,000 bullets on me. Whereas... <laughs> um, you know, with Primal, it's like, okay, I've got 20 arrows. I can make 20 more. I can go and get some bits, but I'll have to hunt on the way because I need this, this, and this. It's it, it sort of just changes how you approach things and how you approach going into the missions because it's, again, have I got enough? Have I got enough heals? Have I got enough stuff to make more stuff? Um, have I got, you know, the right beasts with me? Do I need to go and grind out some bits and pieces before I go and do this? So you have to, it, it's an interesting, it just sort of changes your mentality, um, especially having come from, you know, like I say mm. before, where you have every resource and, yeah. you know, you can go to the shops and buy some more, you know, no one's invented commerce yet. So I need to, <laughs> you need to go and you need to rely on yourself a bit. So, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, other, with only other slight criticism I have of it so far, quite a lot of other busy work. Right. You know, of, um, you know there's, the, there's the main story and there's kind of sub-quests to do, but then there's also like, you know, go and sort out this tribe, go and hunt this beast, go and do that. And you look at the map and it's a bit like Unity's. It's just festooned with shit. And you're like, oh, my God, I've got to do – you sort of go, right, okay, today I'm going to go and play Far Cry 4, but I'm literally just going to go and do admin today it's a little bit like how i used to play well one of the things of you know the assassin's creed with all the collectibles and stuff there yeah. were times where i've like okay i've got a couple of hours i'll get in assassin's creed 2 i'm literally collecting feathers today and that's it yeah yeah i know what you mean <laughs> yeah so um yeah but i mean i am I'm, i would say i'm probably about a third of the way in and um yeah i mean i'm enjoying it a lot and i'm you know i'm interested to see kind of uh you know how it how it develops and where the story ends up going. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. Cool. Well, the, with the story aspect, I've been uh, you know because Far Cry three and Far Cry four both tried to sort of have interesting dynamic political situations where you yeah. know oh who's 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 the better choice? I imagine Caveman 
politics is much simpler. Well, um, well, I mean, it's simpler, but I mean, they do set you up in opposition. So the idea is that this is sort of the end of uh, the Ice Age. So there's you guys who are, you know, essentially just modern man. So people who are like from the, the sub-African continent. And then so there's two other tribes. So you have the, um, the Udam who are, you know, set up. So they're the Neanderthals tribe, essentially. Right. So the people who suffered through the Ice Age the worst in Northern Europe and are sort of slowly dying out as a consequence. And that's why they've come to Oros to try and reestablish themselves. That They're in opposition to you. But there's also another tribe who um, are fire users, the Ixa, who uh, sort of set up again. These guys are uh, a kind of guys that sort of sort of Celtic-y kind, you know, I suppose you right. could describe them. So, um, a lot of gingers. You know, yeah. a few gingers, lots of woad, a <laughs> lot of blue. So, um, yeah, it's, like you say, yes, the politics is simple, but it, it, it is essentially us versus them and them. So, um but yeah, Takar right. is a little bit more advanced in that he's trying to get use some tactics and get the knowledge of the Udam and the Ixa to in, enhance the the you know the lives of the Wenja and some of your Wenja cohorts are not especially down with this. So I mean, it, like I say, I'm only about a third of the way through, so I'm you know I'm curious to see how they kind of balance that all out. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a certain joy in the simplicity of it. But uh, it, yeah, just going from the modern shooter to this, it, the, the sort of the, the mental change is, is interesting. Definitely. I'm guessing it was a lot less ranged weapons, just arrows and spears. Rather it's than- arrows. Yeah. It's arrows. I mean, you can, there are some, there's a bit of ranged weaponry. I mean, but you're sort of looking at literal hat, like melee combat or yeah. you're looking at kind of mid range kind of, you know, like a, you know, a 20, 30 foot shot with an arrow and stuff. So, um, I mean, you, like I say, it's not like these other games where you can sit on a hill and headshot people from a mile away and, and win. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I might it's actually check it out. I think it's the only Far Cry game. I, I think I have played one, but I, it was so long ago, I can't remember it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've played all the others except for that one. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth, I think it's worth a shot. But um, I say, it's been a little bit of, of uh, you know, kind of, a bit of a culture, well, a culture shock coming from four. Yeah. Like I say, where you have every ability, and like I say, it, one of those things of once you've once you've filled out all your uh, skills and stuff, you've maxed out all your XP. I mean, essentially, you're, you're a god destroyed in the earth. There's not things. There's not much that's going to stop you. Whereas, it, I mean, it, as I say the, the actual leveling up system in Primal it takes much longer, and right. um, there's a lot more skills you have to gain. So, you know, you, the point, the skill, the XP is harder to come by. So again, you have to really think about how you want to play this section of the game, and then sort of build your skills accordingly. So yeah, there, there's more thought goes into it, um, but it does retain. You say it retains the fun things well from four, like uh, you know the the ability to to ride a mammoth and go and smash the hell out <laughs> of a of a camp. That is stupid fun, and you know yeah yeah that's good. That's good. That's cool. Yeah, I wish we still had mammoths. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean they've been they've been promising us mam- a mammoth revival since I was a kid. Get on that. Yeah, I've been seeing all these you know YouTube videos of uh, adorable baby elephants. They are the the single greatest thing on the internet. I think. I just thought, how much more awesome would it be if it was furry and had tusks? Mm. We just glue an IKEA rug to it. That do. <laughs> well, that would piss Pete off, so I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well then, I suppose. Do you have anything, Mike, that you've been playing uh, or? Yeah, I played a couple of games this week, sort of smaller indie games. Um, 
two very different experiences with them both, even though they're kind of similar games. Um, one of this game, it popped up on my uh, Steam recommendations, and I watched the trailer for it, and it it, it hooked me in. It's called uh, the Shroud, uh, the Shrouded Isle. Uh, it's it's basically a cult simulator. Right. I, I, I enunciated that very carefully. It is a <laughs> cult simulator. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, uh, it, the way it sells it to you is that you're the sort of uh, leader of this island and you worship some unnamed god, some unnamed pagan type god who is uh, going to come back, is prophesied to come back in three years' time. And the the point of the game is that you have to manage uh, the people on the island and manage their characteristics so that in three years' time, whenever uh, it comes back, you will be met with a favorable uh, reaction because you know how you know how gods can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way it's done, it's it's done a sort of assembly where you have uh, I think about uh, five. The the island is made up of five different estates, five different families, and each of them have about eight. Uh, family members inside them and each family, each house is sort of responsible for a different aspect of uh, the island life or enforcing a different aspect. So one uh, side is in charge of uh, thing, uh, book burning. They're in charge of ignorance, of promoting ignorance and making sure people don't get any new ideas. Another side is in charge of um, building statues uh, and that promotes uh, fervor, sort of your people's uh, willingness to worship. And you have to keep all these aspects up. And the way you do that, the man, the actual management sim is that every uh, season of three uh, three months, you have to pick uh, for that season uh, an advisor from each house. And every month you have to use them to uh, boost, or uh, you have to use up to three of them to boost a specific characteristic. But the problem is at the beginning of each game, each member of each and every uh, one of your citizens has a randomly generated positive and negative attribute, which will affect how they do their job and how they, uh, how that, you know, uh, what other aspects other than their sort of default one that they can influence. And the thing is at the end of every season, at the end of every three months, you have to pick one of your five advisors to sacrifice. Oh, <laughs> mm. Yeah, and depending on who you pick, uh, that will affect uh, how everyone on the island sees you, sees you, how they behave, and how that specific house uh, will react to you. Whether they will work for you or work against you, and you have to. Uh, the way you do this is you, you have to. So basically, you have to try and figure out their negative attributes and figure out who will be best to sacrifice and who you'll be most forgiven for sacrificing, so it'll have the least negative impact. It sounded like a really good game. It sounded like my kind of thing, and it was just so poorly executed. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, the systems don't play well with each other. I I played a couple of games of it, and it basically comes down to, it it feels like a, a game of solitaire, where the deck can be stacked against you from the beginning, where, you know, there's no strategic choice you can make that will let you win. The game can literally be unwinnable from the very beginning. And the act of trying to mitigate damage was just not fun. It's the first, uh, it's actually the first uh, Steam game I've ever refunded. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
And the, the reason I refunded it rather than letting it sit and hoping that it got better is this is their final release. This isn't an, uh, uh, an early access game. This was their final release and the systems didn't work out well. But the thing that cinched it for me was that there are multiple quite glaring errors in the text right, uh, and the interface. Things that, you know, nothing that made it impossible for me to understand what was going on. But like whenever I had one year left, it, it said you have 11 year left and it just, it highlighted a lack of attention to detail that made me think this game's never going to be polished up properly. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe one day, you know, they'll update things and the systems will work better. But, um, I was very, very disappointed by it. So I used steam refund. First time I've ever used steam refund, uh, which was really painless, really, really painless. It took like a day. Them to, the game only cost six quid, but it took like a day for them to refund it. Uh, I hadn't played it for more than two hours, so they uh, it was you know an automatic refund, uh, you know no questions asked. And I used that six quid to buy Orwell. All right, well, which is it's it's essentially it's another sort of indie type game. It's one that I've had my eye on for a while, and it's one that's been reviewed really well. It's it's basically a story it's a, a a story game you know uh it sets out to tell a story uh which you experience uh sort of in universe uh, and a sort of you can make choices you, you know you you can choose it's like a pick your own adventure yeah you okay. know within within limits and it's it's really really interesting it's essentially a surveillance simulator uh, the idea is that the government of the you, you are a uh, citizen in this world and the nation have set up this surveillance system called Orwell, which a, you are an operator of. Your job is to, uh, th- there's been a local, uh, uh, what do you call it, a domestic terrorism accident. Someone's blown up a statue and it's caused a few deaths. And uh, a local terrorist organization have claimed responsibility. And your job is you're given a a suspect and your job is to collect information from all of their uh, sort of online social media, any profiles, uh, anything like that, and feed it into the system, feed the information that you feel is relevant into the system and sort of the next person up your uh, your advisor will then determine who else in this person's uh, list of connections uh, is worthy of investigating further as well. And the further you go, the more people uh, start to become uh, persons of interest uh, based on the information you give. And the more information you are given the ability to access about them. So it starts off from just collating, you know, what they have made available publicly, their social media feeds, their individual websites. But very soon, very, very soon after that, you're getting a, a access to uh, their phone calls, transcripts of, you know, inf- uh, instant messages that they're sending. Eventually, you're going all the way into uh, getting access to their uh, phones and PCs, uh, seeing what they have on there. And it tells a really, really interesting story. Uh, it's set sort of in a semi-fictional world. 
about. It does sound uh, too semi-fictional, mate. It sounds like yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that this is the uh, this is the one thing that I, I thought was really funny about it was that it's called Orwell and the system that you are using. This the name of the system. The whole thing is, uh, takes place. I don't. I'm sure there's a name for this, but the interface for the game, the whole thing takes place within a browser. The idea is that you are you sitting, you know, at a computer accessing the Orwell system, which is the game. I don't mean to put my Tim Four hat on too firmly, but you sure you're not actually doing GCHQ's job? It's not one of those things, is it? Like Last well, Starfighter, the that you, was... you know, they're going to pick people who are really good at it and actually give them jobs, are they? This is the thing. It's so uh, insidious because it was so much fun. I have, I, I've always known I have a bit of a voyeuristic streak, but it was for some reason the the, the idea of you know. Uh, just going through, combing through people's data and picking out what was relevant, relevant, uh, making the connections between them, figuring out, you know, there was something really satisfying about it. And uh, yeah, it, I could, I would be an excellent employee. I would be an absolutely excellent employee. But uh, yeah, like I say, it's, uh, it's a fairly linear story. You have access, you know, you're feeding information in. Occasionally, there are, and the information that you choose to feed into the system can determine uh, uh, events that take place within the story. If you manage to make sort of the correct connections between things, uh, it can influence uh, major events. But I do get the feeling that it's relatively linear. Uh, the whole thing takes place over five days, sort of five, you know, sessions of you going through things. But there are times, for instance, where you're listening in on people's phone calls. And Generally, the whole thing is like a, a fairly casual experience. You, you you go through things at your leisure, picking out, you know, taking time to deliver it between which piece of information is the correct one to provide. But every so often, there are major events where you're listening into something and you have to make decisions in real time uh, about what is the correct piece of information to, that I should, you know, pick out here uh, that can have big consequences for the story. And it is a really fascinating look into what's very, very, you know, becoming uncomfortably the way the world seems to operate. Yeah, no kidding. So you think this might be the the kind of the new papers, please? It feels like, yeah, yeah. this is is the other thing. uh, You sort of get, as you go through things, you learn more information about the, the world it's taking place in. And the nation, as it's only called is uh, it sort of I, I eventually you get access to a map and it's sort of it looks a little European uh, it's sort of you're in a central place you're sort of surrounded on uh, three sides by other nations one of which is just from the descriptions it's going through major civil unrest ongoing war your peacekeeping forces are being sent in sounds very Middle Eastern uh, Middle Eastern right. Eastern um, whereas the nation itself, I got the feeling it's it's an amalgam of sort of the UK and the US. It felt a bit more sort of culturally United Statesy. Mm. But the weird thing is, within this world, George Orwell existed. He's oh, referenced so- multiple times. The fact that the system you're using is called Orwell is uh, is pointed out as an extreme irony. That's, yeah, that's I was going to say. I wonder. Points. Yeah. So I wonder if they bring that up. It's slightly confusing. And like, does the UK actually exist in this world? Does the what's going on? But um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it had a. I th- I feel like it, it dealt with the issue 
of, you know, modern surveillance quite well. I think overall they came out from, you know, everyone has a bias. And I think the game, the makers were definitely more on the liberal anti, you know, surveillance state side of things. But it still does manage to cover, you know, you can actually prevent potential disasters using it. It's just the cost of your prevention, you know, to society as a whole, you know, what it's, you know, I liked it and I'm really happy. I, I, I got hold of it and it turns out it's getting a second season. Oh, cool. All right. Which is going to focus on fake news. The idea of, you know, you're construct, you know, choosing to ignore uh, information, choosing to uh, what information it sounds like much of the same thing. It sounds sort of tailor made to the um, the modern political landscape and the trailer. The trailer for uh, season two is made up of um, real world sound bites and interview footage of, you know, modern political thinkers and politicians. Uh, talking about fake news, and it, it does end on a uh, a slow pull out of Kellyanne Conway talking about alternative facts. Nah, I like this. And this is called Orwell. Orwell, yeah. And do uh, I get it in Steam? You can get it in Steam. I, uh, yeah, I think this is, uh, I wouldn't imagine this would ever be a console game because, like I said, the whole game interface is a browser okay. that you are enter, you know, interfacing with, with a mouse. So... I suppose they could maybe manage a port, but um, it's re. It, it, I think if you, I think most people could enjoy it, but if you have a particular personality type where you like collecting data and organizing things and drawing connections between A and B and C and D, yeah, it's it. Yeah, it just grabbed me the right way, and it's like six quid. So yeah, I'm intrigued. I think yeah. I might well give this a go. Yeah. So. Uh, I was uh, I was ultimately glad I I got my refund. <laughs> I put it to good use. Excellent, Orwell, and there it is Orwell colon keeping an eye on you. Yes, I think that was the uh, they added a subtitle to it when they realized they were doing a second series or a second season rather. I didn't know it was episodic when I started it, but yeah, this first season it's perfectly self-contained. Right, there's no you know. Um, I was actually, when I finished it, because it does have multiple endings, uh, when I finished my one, I was like, how are they going to do a second season <laughs> with the decisions that I have made? Well, I suppose there's sort of multiple endings, but one is kind of the Probably, quote, yeah. true ending, and then they yeah. take it from that, so I expect. Yeah. Do you know what, as well, as we record this, it's on a week-long deal at 5.59. Motherfuckers, I want my 50p. And it runs on the Mac. Get in my cart. Oh yeah, it's like it's totally text interface. Um, even like I said, we, when I said you're listening into phone calls, it it's a transcript. You're given a text t- transcript um, of what's happening. So, right, it's uh, very enjoyable and fairly quick. A few hours. Uh, let me have a look. Library Orwell. Where's my? Yeah, I played five hours. Okay, well, it's it's damn this show costuming. <laughs> well, at least I'm only costing you a fiver. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. Emma, you've cost me a lot more money. Okay. <laughs> that's not the that's not the first time I've heard that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, I don't know. I think I'm un- unfairingly unfairingly unfairingly. God, I Beautiful. could be president. 
Uh, I think I'm unfairly com uh, blaming you for the escapists. Yeah, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's unfair of me. I think. But I am here logging into PayPal now and buying Orwell. I'm, I'm probably going to do a, a second run through of it because there are uh, there are a lot of achievements and it does seem like I say it's really later, but it does seem like there are a lot of things you can do within it, sort of uh, to significantly affect, if not the overall plot, but the feel of the game, the feel of the story, and how people interact. Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I have I have orcs to kill in the meantime, though. And a prison to escape from. And something whatever the fuck Dr. Robotnik has done. I don't know what he's done. I just know I have to get him. Really, yeah. that's that's the thing. So, thank you for listening, everybody. That's our show this week. If you want to get in a discussion with us about anything other than Gamergate and Nazis, then please email us at gamingnews at simplysyndicated.com. We're always happy to hear from you. Unless, of course, it's about Gamergate or Nazis. I cannot really make that clear enough. Uh, so. uh, I'm going to sign you up. Does, does Stormfront have a newsletter? Oh. <laughs> I think I can guess what it's about. <laughs> I don't think their, their content changes much from week to week. Yeah. And it's, it's Stormfront's a Billy Joel album. I've got that. Oh. Um, so... If you want to support our network and our show, and I know you do, then the best way to do that is to go on over to simplysyndicated.com slash everything and sign up to Simply Everything and hear all that content, which is amazing and wonderful, and help us keep going as well. It's only six pounds a month, which is like fuck all nowadays. So, you know, you, that's that's there. And also we've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash simplysyndicated. Thank you to all you people who help us out. Uh but we need more people to help us out. So please go on, get over there and help us out. Help us out. Until next week, everybody, help us out. Bye-bye. I stood up halfway through this show and took off my trousers. Did that come across? No. Didn't notice. Good. Didn't notice. Good. It's fine.